Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. You can find me on Twitter at Daily STEM. And as always, we try to find great ways for you to add more science, technology, engineering, and math to your everyday classroom. Real educators doing real amazing stuff each and every day. And with us today is Jennifer Quattrucci, and she is an elementary teacher in Providence, Rhode Island. She's taught kindergarten. Now she's teaching second grade. She's about to release a book with a bunch of great activities that you could do in your classroom. And that's the greatest part about why I want to have Jennifer on the show. So welcome today, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, and you can find Jen on Twitter, at Jen Quattrucci. And if you need help spelling that, that'll be in the show notes, or you can uh, find it as well. But first off, tell us just a little bit about how you got excited about education and kind of found your way teaching for, for all these years. Oh, well, I've always wanted to be a teacher ever since I was a little girl. I mean, I remember going to kindergarten when I was five years old. And then when I would go home, all I wanted to do was just like set up my stuffed animals and my dolls and play school. Awesome. And I would read them. Yeah, I would read them stories that my dad read to me and that the teacher, I, like, I was always just um, always all about the stories and the books. And I would always draw and paint and just everything really to do with stories. So I knew I wanted to do something to either do with literature or teaching, but I like kids so much. And I had a lot of little cousins around me as I got older. I mm-hmm. would sit them down and play school. And I just loved <laughs> how happy they would be. And we would always be like baking things. And I mean, this is going way back. I mean, I was born in yeah. the 70s. So we're going back to like the 80s. This is before, you know, the before, the before like STEM was actually called STEM. But before it was an acronym. That's a, but that's okay. It's, it was just still an idea. It was happening in my little bedroom in my house with the chairs and the stuffed animals and my cousins. And we would make stuff out of shoe boxes and whatever we had, just like whatever random things. And I would always base them on, we would always be making stories and making things to go with the stories so we could act out the stories. And I probably drove them crazy, but to <laughs> me, I was like being a little teacher. Now yeah. they're and now they're all in therapy, but it's okay. No, <laughs> but, 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 I'm, but I'm guessing that all those kind of things have really impacted how you choose to teach in your classroom with these kindergartners, these second graders, these elementary kids that just, just eat up all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's true. It's all, it's all based on what I learned from years ago, all, the, all based on play. We know just from from recent, from going back when I was first in college that children learn best through play. There was just actually just a tweet that I was retweeting about how it takes 400 experiences for a brain uh, a brain synapse to develop, but if they learn it through play, it only takes like four to seven. That's probably yeah. wrong. I quoted it, but it's like, but it's so true. And I can remember my professors back in college teaching you how this is how children learn best and it should be hands-on and it should be through using all of the senses. And that is how I've always taught. Even though through the years, so many different things have been thrown on me and thrown on all of us, but it it all comes down to children need to create. They need an environment where they can given time and they can think and they're given time to think and they're allowed to focus to create. And that's how they learn. And and play, I mean, play is everything. It should be focused on fun. I believe that 
STEM, of course, is, is because the children find it fun. But because of all the experiences in the younger years that I've had, the focus on fun approach or the focus on fun attitude is important with, with everything that you do. Yeah, exactly. So, and incorporating fun into STEM is just like the possibilities are endless. You know, yeah. um, I, I love the challenge of of being able to find an everyday problem, something that's real to them, something that they can figure out and it can challenge them. But then we can give them the skills that they need. We can put the skills within that. Like, I love that, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. like you were talking about when you were, when you were a kid and you were teaching your cousins, you said, Hey, we've got these shoe boxes. Let's make stuff out of it after you read a story. And, yeah. and that's, and, 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 and a lot of people often think that you can't connect literacy with STEM and you can't connect reading with STEM and writing with STEM, but really it's impossible to separate the two. Everything really works together. And especially like you said, a lot of that is through play. Absolutely. Like we were reading Johnny Appleseed and um, we got, we tried to plan. So Johnny Appleseed is like a big unit that we do for social studies. And it's so meaningful for the children because we have apple orchards all over, all over where we are in Rhode Island. We go there on a field trip and it's great. And plus he's, he's just such a hero. He's like, it's like, I joke about it. Like he's one of my favorite people in the world, Johnny Appleseed. And uh, just like everything how he was like good to everybody there's so many lessons how he was kind to animals and he traveled all around but yep. so that led to a stem activity where we planned out we they had to make a plan using logs to make a gate so that the animals wouldn't get into the trees so they had to measure and it was like a whole big a whole big project and they did a great job at it but it was all they weren't like okay let's do this learning activity let's measure Let's do this. It was just like, let's help Johnny Appleseed, you know, let's protect this, these trees. And a lot of that, and a lot of that learning just comes naturally through. I know I need to use it. Not, it's not a disconnected topic. It's something I'm going to use for everyday life. And that's really what we're starting to make this connection of this acronym STEM to things because it's, it's part of all the kinds of jobs these kids will face someday. Absolutely. So they have to be, they have to know how to communicate. They have to be able to collaborate. They need those critical thinking skills and they should be creative, you know, and we have to give them the opportunities for this to happen. It's not just going to happen on its own. It's not going to happen in front of the screen. It's not going to happen giving them like a bunch of worksheets, you know, but it can happen in easy, fun, meaningful ways. It can happen. Especially you know? at, at those lower elementary levels where, oh where kids yes. love to be engaged yes. with, with activities. And, they do. And like they that, do. So. They absolutely, and they love the attention, the attention <laughs> that, that you're, they love just, um, cause you know, you're right there with them and you're excited about it and they're excited about it and you're doing it with them. Although yeah. as the teacher, it's really important to use your role wisely and not want to jump in and like, you know, make the challenge easier because that was one thing that happened when I first started to do the challenges and, and incorporate it. Like you want to like, you want to help them so much and show them how cool it is. And you want to mm-hmm. like actually give them the solution. But that was my big problem. I had to really, really learn to push back and let them discover and make yeah. sure that I'm not giving them too much direction because then, you know, sometimes if you give them too many directions um, and, and you make it too simple, it becomes almost like a craft. Which, yeah. not to say anything bad about crafts, because crafts have their place. God knows that, like, I love a good craft. But yes, exactly. You don't want STEM is not should not be a craft. STEM should be, you know, they they have a problem, and they're using their critical thinking skills, 
and they're working on it. So then you want to make sure that you're not giving them too much direction, but then not too much little direction because you want to make sure the learning is in there too. And you don't want them to be just like, you know, lost with these materials. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, just like play. I really like that idea that you just shared about that STEM should not be like crafts. That's, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. So now uh, again, we're chatting with Jennifer Quattrucci. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Jen Quattrucci. She also has a website, mommyteacherfashionista.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. You've got a book coming out in 2019 and, and it's called Educate the Heart. Now tell us a little bit about what kind of yep. is in this and how it could be really helpful for educators. Okay, so Educate the Heart, it's, um, it's, come, it's actually the whole title is Educate the Heart, Screen-Free Activities for Grades Pre-K to 6 to Inspire Authentic Learning. And what it is, is, 50, is 12 chapters, and each of those 12 chapters has 15 activities. So okay. altogether, there's 180 screen-free, ready-to-use activities, and every single one of them is based on the concept is that children should be encouraged to communicate, collaborate, you know, learn their critical thinking skills. They should be enhanced and be taught how to, you know, because that has to be taught. Yeah. Critical thinking skills and to be creative. So I Great. do have one chapter. One chapter in the book is dedicated to STEM education. And the cha- that chapter is, it's called Embracing STEM Education, 15 Collaborative Group Activities to Inspire Critical Thinking Skills, Communication, and Creativity. So yeah. these challenges, the skill level is meant to be maneuvered by the teacher based on the academic level, based on the skills of the children. And gotcha. I, t- I talk about ways to do that. So yep. there's like, for example, these are not meant to be like a separate part of the school day. They're meant yep. to be integrated into your subject. Good. Because Good. any lesson or content matter, right, can be transferred into a STEM activity or a challenge by the planning ways for the students to solve problems in the creative ways. So these are problems that they can solve and you can work them into your curriculum depending on how they fit in with, you know, what you're doing. They teach teamwork. They teach the collaboration. Definitely, they're meant to be done in a process. So the children are asking each other. They're working in a small group and they're asking, okay, what are the constraints? Um, What can I look at? What have others done with this kind of a problem? They imagine, they think about what solutions can be. They brainstorm together. Then together, they're choosing an idea, they're planning it out step by step, and then they're doing it. But then there's a whole other part where they're reflecting and they're sharing out what they found. They talk about what they would have been done better, what they would do next time. So So basically, the children are working in their small group with the challenge, and then they're presenting their findings to the whole class. So they're not only learning from each other in the group, but the whole class is learning. There's 15 of them here. And yep. there's a variety, there's camping chaos where they're building a shelter for a group of friends, which are like little cutout paper people that okay. they have to make sure that they keep dry. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you. There's a paper airplane challenge. There's, there's one where they make a fairy house out of, uh, you know, graham crackers and marshmallows. Mm. That there's, sounds yummy. I, li- I like that one. <laughs> there's one called Amazing Race where all you need, all it is is Play-Doh and Q-tips and a cookie sheet and a ping pong ball. And basically the children use the Play-Doh and the Q-tips and they design a maze that will allow a ping pong ball to travel from one side to the other. So they work together in their groups. And of course they have, they should have, I recommend that they have some kind of a journal, either a blank notebook or a folder to keep all of this, all of their information in it. 
Mm-hmm. So they brainstorm the ideas, they choose the best idea, they're drawing the step, they're trying it, they're reflecting, they're, it's as simple, it's as simple as I just said it is, but all of the work that goes involved, that, that's involved, that goes into it really isn't so simple. It's yeah. kids thinking and working and training, you know, for a common goal. And uh, one that we did in September that I actually, it's my last one of my 15. And again, there's 15 of them. And what they're also meant to do is once you do, once you try some of them or try all 15 or even try one, teachers will see how easy it is to do it with these simple materials with their own. Right. It should inspire them. Once they have the setup, they've got this framework in place, just like build the other activities in because it's a whole, it's a step-by-step process. And I give questions in the Mm -hmm. book, questions so that children can have that discourse. I like to put them up. I have big talking bubbles in the room with these discourse questions. Oh yeah, I can, I can picture that. Yeah. Yep. So like, for example, I agree with so-and-so because, and they know that they know if they're going to agree with someone, they have to say, because can you explain more about this? Or I would like to add on to this, or this confused me. Things like that. They're all over the room. Those are good. Yep. They have them on bookmarks too. And, and uh, so they're embedded in the chapters so that you're not just like do this activity with these kids. The teachers in the book, they get lots and lots of information of how to make this really work in your classroom. It's Good. not just about, it's not just about give them these bins of things and just let them make stuff. It's really, it's not that at all. It's for right. a and it doesn't sound like you're just replacing other worksheets with this worksheet project idea. It's, it's oh, no, it, no. it really sounds like these are ideas to get kids to actually think, to collaborate, to work together, to be creative. A lot of those skills that, that you see mentioned an awful lot when we're talking about STEM or any kind of education right now. And, and like you said, there's one, one chapter about STEM, but there's all sorts of, you said there's 12 chapters about oh, all the yeah. things, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have, right. There's one chapter that's just recipes that are based on literature. One chapter that has 15 individual literacy centers. Each one has various books and activities to go in the center so children can work independently on reading and writing. I have um, one chapter is 15 separate author studies. One chapter is all about mathematical discourse, which is so much related to the STEM chapter. It overlaps so much. It's all about using that discourse to get real world math solved and to get kids thinking in that way so that they're working together to solve these problems and it's math. So yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot. Yeah. There's one I was saying before and that I interrupted myself as I often do, but there's, okay. one activity, there's one activity that I did at the beginning of the year. And ever since we've done it, we've done it in different ways since then. And it's, it's building a supply caddy. Like, you know, like the kids oh. get the school supplies, right? Yep. So at the beginning of the year, for certain different centers in the room, they work together and the supplies are there in the middle of the table. I mean, they have their own toolkits with their own school supplies that I've given them with pencils and crayons and all of that. But yep, then yep. the supplies that go in the middle of the table for teamwork. So for that, I gave them, I'm like, what are we going to do with them? And I, I posed it like it was a real problem. Like, I don't have any more caddies. I don't have any more money. We're not doing uh, another donation. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not going to be asking more people for donors, choose donations for caddies for our supplies. Let's get real. What can we do? That's great. That's and I showed them super that. idea. So I gave them only one supply. I gave them building bricks. I mean, you could call them Legos, but actually yep. what we used were the Jeanette, another brand. Yep. That is all they had. So that's it. They had that. And then they had blank paper and pencil so they could make a plan. That's all they had. But they had to a certain amount of items. They had to put highlighters. 
they had to put uh, five boxes of eight crayons and they had to put pencils and a pencil sharpener. So they had to de- design as a group this wow. brick, this caddy that would fit everything and not fall apart and they could move it back and forth. And they, and it, and I have to say like, it was one of those things where you're like, I'm saying like, uh, you want to jump in and you want to show them and you want to help them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it didn't happen the first day of second grade. It did not happen. No. But, we, but, but once once we worked on it more and then I learned that, you know what? And also I mentioned in the book, these things may not happen in one little, like little 30 minute session. So what I have is right. So we, a lot, a lot is done a little bit. You put it away, you get your journal, you get your folder, you look at what you did. You're doing it another day because that's real life. You can't just, you can't just spend six hours on this STEM challenge because you think it's fun and you planned it. So you put it away and you go on to something else and then you go back to it. And that's how this was. It was a lot of let's just put them away on the shelf and we'll go back to it. <laughs> but, it happened. but it happened, you know, once a couple of the groups got some good ideas and I definitely think that some kids went home and they had Legos at home and were thinking about it. Ever since you brought up this idea, I've been thinking it through in my head. What would it look like? What, what would work yeah, good? Right. So, I'm, I'm doing it myself. That's that, those problem solving skills, those, those yeah. thinking, even just the being able to visualize things two-dimensionally and three-dimensionally. And that's, it's just like, right. And it was just like, they could use nothing else. Like there was nothing else they could use. Yeah. And it happened and they did. But then we had other supplies for different things. It was like, well, now we have these science journals. We want to put them in our, so now we have to, what can we do? And they took it apart and they changed it and made it better. And it's, it's like, I want to say it's so fun because it is so fun, but it's so much more than fun. And that's, and that's, that's what engineering is where you're designing something and refining something. And and that's often one of those overlooked aspects of STEM that, that we kind of just gloss over like, Oh yeah, let's do a lot of math and science and, and, and maybe throw some technology in there. But that engineering is is such an important thing. And to get kids started, and, and it sounds like some of these ideas that you have in this book are just, just great, good starters. And like you said, to get teachers to think about a process, how to how to get yes. the kids in, engaged. So so you're, it's more than just ideas. It's a manual. Oh, no. It, it, some- it definitely is. It's, just, it's, not, it's not just random ideas. And you know what? That was one of the things that the publisher had said when I first – when I was, when we were talking about the title, I was like, well, there's 180, but they were like, no, we, I don't want to put 180 in the title because this is not a list of ideas. This is, this is a framework. There's too much good thinking in here. There this you is go. An educational curriculum. It's a, it's a framework where it's, it's not even so much about the ideas, but it's the thinking behind each one. Like you could pull 15 other and I could do like, say I do another book or like, say, you know, with your book, you know, like, yeah. like 50, like all them challenges. But it's the process. The it's mindset. The process. The process. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. Thanks. Thanks for really sharing that, Jennifer. And again, um, look for look for her book, Jennifer Quattrucci's Educate the Heart. Yeah, we're getting to that last. Yeah, I don't know the exact date, but I will know the I will know pretty soon, and it should be soon because we're at the last. It's going to the last typesetting. You know, that's pretty cool. Working on the cover. So I'm so excited. That's, that's all those exciting things. And, and, and again, us as teachers, when we think about the things that we're doing every day in our classroom, um, any, any educator listening to this, you're, you think the things that I do are just impacting maybe the kids in my classroom. But we all have these ideas, these stories to share, these ideas, these, these things that can help other teachers. Because if we've been teaching for a while, there's still a lot of teachers that are just starting out. Great job, Jennifer, sharing, sharing these ideas. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, thank you so much.
Just a couple of other last thoughts here to, to ask you about, Jennifer. Um, you've done a lot of great things in your classroom. What do, you, what do you hope that STEM education starts to look like as we move on into the future? Well, well, one thing that I really, really hope is I hope it doesn't become this separate thing that like some people are doing and some people are not doing and like this yeah. after school club, not to dismay that, not to say there's something wrong with that, but I hope it becomes so natural that we're not talking about it like STEM, like it's like this big new thing, like it should be just just part of the everyday, the thinking behind STEM. All mm -hmm. these, the whole thing should just be as one. It should just be authentically embedded in the everyday, the thinking process, the open, the open-ended inquiry tasks should just be, just a given. It should just happen. Yeah. A lot of those good educational practices that, whenever an educator went to college and learned about teaching, that's really a lot of what STEM is. It's about trying to get kids to think yeah. and and create and right. Like from way back, like we've heard like quotes from Einstein. He's talking about creativity. He's talking about curiosity. Back mm -hmm. in the day, I was in college. Back in the nineties, my professors talk about the Montessori way, learning through play. All of this, it goes, it's just, it's good, good, basic practice. And we've come so far away from it. And now it's an acronym and we see the importance of it. I hope that it becomes in the future, just a way that we're, so that everyone's allowing students to, to basically select from their own, like their skills, like their toolkit. Yeah. And they can, direct, they can direct their journey towards creative solutions and, yeah. and what in their thinking so that they learn, they're learning how to think and we're not just teaching them facts and we're teaching we're not teaching them the way things should be we're teaching them to think for themselves and make a good educated make a good critical thinking discovery of their own yeah definitely now and a fun question i love to ask everybody uh jennifer if you could have somebody from stem come to be a guest speaker in your classroom past or present it doesn't matter who would you love to have inspire your students Okay, I have so many. I cannot just say one. First of all, I need you to come. I can't just look at all this <laughs> stuff on Twitter and just like, just like imagine. I, I need you just to come to Providence, Rhode Island, into the classroom. And first of all, all right. Um, well, if I'm if I'm if I'm in that area, I'll I'll make it there. Okay, so that would be really cool. And you're saying from past or present? So of course Einstein, because like if you know me at all, and if you see my book, you'll see like Einstein quotes are like absolutely everywhere. I just all right, just, yeah. So he's like he's one of my you know he's my favorite. All and right. Then there's Brian Aspinall. So oh, we yeah. all know sure we all know Brian, code breaker, block breaker. So it would be really cool to have him just because his enthusiasm, his energy. Uh, you know, pair that with his knowledge. I think it'll be really cool to have him with the kids. Yeah, so, definitely. So. Yeah. He, yeah. And, and, and just to go off on, on Brian Aspinall a little bit, if, if you haven't ever heard of Brian Aspinall, um, follow him on, on Twitter and, and read his books. Uh, he's got just great ideas for helping kids to get into coding or, or his new book block breaker is going to be all about like taking Minecraft and, and things like that and helping kids to be able to connect that to their education and really some creative. And, and again, back to that creativity, back to that finding ways for kids to engage the play yeah. with learning. Yeah. He's right at our level, like right with the basics, like give the kids what they need. It all makes sense and making it be fun and, you know, it's not about overthinking it and trying to make something more than what it really is. And what it really is, is, is phenomenal. So, yeah. 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 So again, we're chatting with Jennifer Quattrucci. Uh, she's got a great book coming out called Educate the Heart. You can uh, look for that screen free activities for pre-K to sixth graders and 
um, just some awesome ideas in there. Any, any other last thoughts, Jennifer, before we let you go? No, I just want to tell you how much I really appreciate this opportunity and how much I love following you on Twitter. I love your podcast and I love your YouTube channel. It's like, so I love when I get the emails that you put something new up there. And uh, I show my son, I have a son that's, I have a daughter that's 13 and my son is nine and they're both really great and about, about they have great imaginations. They're creative and they're always making things. So I showed your stuff and especially my son gets all inspired. Like, Oh, I want to do that too. Like a lot of the things that you've shown on your YouTube station. So I just want to thank you so much for doing everything that you do. You are amazing. Well, I appreciate that, Jen. And again, I mean, those are the things that educators are doing every day on on Twitter, YouTube, sharing, sharing the ideas. Cause if we just keep all those ideas to the kids in our classroom, then you know, that's pretty selfish, I guess. So, um, yes, I totally agree. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, thanks again, Jennifer Quattrucci, for joining us on this episode of the Stemmer Dave podcast. You can find her on Twitter at Jen Quattrucci. Again, you can find how to spell that in the show notes. Find her, look for that book, Educate the Heart. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Find all the great episodes on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Find me on Twitter at Daily STEM, and we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.